Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Today, I want to speak from the fruitfulness from failures. And... Um, Many of us, in fact, most of us in this room have had failures. We've messed it up sometime. We've got it wrong. We've uh, made the wrong choices. And, and maybe we've gone through the crushing, like that song, New Wine. And um, I want to talk and share about that today because I think there's a few things we can bring out of that. And it's so relevant for, for all of us. And we're going to start reading from Romans chapter 5, verse 3. But before I read from there, let me read you a quote from Winston Churchill. He says, Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. In other words, our failures and our testing points, our areas where we haven't got it right, maybe we've made an attempt and we've tried some stuff and it hasn't worked out or we've got it wrong or we've just stuffed up big time, those failures can either be the beginning or the end. They can be the end if we keep going in that and keep trying to band-aid it, maybe lie our way out of it and just try to always dig deeper and deeper and deeper and, and maybe we end up digging ourselves into something that we can't get out of and we never repent, we never turn away and we never really change the pattern of our lives. Or it can be the beginning of something new. Because that point where we fail, we have a, a very, very fine tip of, of pressure, if you like, pressing upon our heart, which gives us a choice. We have a free will. Will we learn from our failure? Will we learn from that situation and get better? Or will we keep in our failure mindset and we maybe get a victim mindset and we want to stay in that hole and we actually get bitter. And it's a big difference in life between people who have chosen bitterness or betterness. I like hanging around people who want to get better. I think most of you do as well. We like listening to people who want to get better. The world has so many methodologies of how to reach success and fulfill happiness in our lives. And so often it falls short of the gospel, but so many of those things are gospel traits and truths anyway. But we often look to these sorts of things because there's an innate desire in the human race which God has put in us for success, for a tree of life, a fruitful tree. But so often we find different paths and different channels. And so no matter what you're facing today, don't let your failures dictate your future. Don't let those areas where you've let yourself down, maybe let others down, or maybe where you even self-reject yourself and you always doubt yourself, you have fear about yourself. Don't let those things dictate one more day of how you behave in your life because those things are so restrictive and sometimes they're invisible and no one else is putting that pressure on you, but we put that pressure on ourselves. And this is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to stifle Christians he wants to silence Christians. He wants to make us feel weak and powerless when actually we have the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present God with us. And so if He can trick us and sell us out, so to speak, and sell us a second best gospel, then we, we fail. We miss out on the best when God's calling us to the best, to be the head, not the tail. 
Romans 5 verses 3 to 4 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. A lot of peace. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. This has been a verse that I've definitely read many times, preached on many times, and one that I read myself many times, because I always remember that process of sufferings and then perseverance develops character, produces hope. It's like a four-step success methodology that the gospel, the scriptures give us. And so wherever we're at, and sometimes various parts of our lives, because we all have various things going on, don't we, are at some steps in that process. But all of them, if we follow God's way, if we're filled with His Spirit, we're listening to Him, will produce hope. So no matter where you are in that process, whether you're in the sufferings or the trials, as James 1 talks about, we'll read that in a minute, or maybe we're in that persevering stage where we've gone through suffering and now we're just sticking it out. I want to encourage you, stick it out. Don't give up. Don't give up just because you're not seeing the fruit of your life or the fruit of your area. So many people stop just before the breakthrough. So many people give up just before they begin to see the fruit of their, their hard labour. It's kind of like a, a farmer and we don't do this, but I desire to do this, is sow seed and produce a harvest. But a farmer who sows seed, it's no point in sowing seed and then sort of giving up on it just before it's produced its fruit. The Bible tells us if we are faithful, He will do it. Trust in Him. He will give good gifts to us if we're faithful. Psalm 35 or 37, I can't remember. Look up both of them, get both good. But He's faithful. His Word over your life is faithful. Don't give up. Don't become discouraged. Or if you've become discouraged, take heart in the Word of God that says, well, I'm going through some sufferings right now. I'm going to have to persevere because when I persevere, it's developing character. And when I've got good character, hope is released on my life. Because God wants us to believers to have good character. It's amazing when we hang around people who not only believe stuff, but actually evidence stuff. I don't know about you, but if you ever hung around someone who's got an opinion on everything, I mean everything. They're incredible people to be around, aren't they? Because you're just like, wow, okay, you, you, you know everything about the medical profession and now you know everything about the building profession and wow you also know everything about accounting man you, you're just unbelievable where have you studied because I want to study at that place and and some people are so assertive in in their opinions and and rightly so if they've walked that journey and 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 become an authority on that particular topic but but some people are just an authority on everything and um, I can be accused of that from time to time depending on the topic um, but, it's, but it's interesting, isn't it? You, you just sort of, you find yourself maybe even stepping back a little bit because this person seems to know everything. But then you might look at their life and you think, hang on, does their life evidence that much? Does it evidence that much fruit that they know everything about Scripture and what's going to happen when Jesus is going to return and all this sort of stuff? But the world is looking at our fruit they're looking at our fruit. I believe they're staring at our fruit, staring at our fruit. That tree of life, that tree of life, does it bear fruit? Does it bear kingdom fruit? 
on Monday morning, on Wednesday morning, on Friday morning, all throughout the week, do we bear kingdom fruit? Well, I want to encourage you, if you've failed, you've got excellent experience in how to bear fruit. Because through that crushing, God is teaching us things. He's training us in a robust manner. And some would say, God doesn't test us. Let's go to the next bit after testing um, and perseverance. We'll go to James chapter 1, verse 2 to 5. And it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. There's that word again. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. I'll stop there because this is what we often do. We don't let perseverance run its course. We give up. We get tired. We get weary. And this is the human state. We, we, we can't do stuff in and of ourselves. That's why we need community. That's why we need building up. That's why we need to keep meeting together. That's why Paul encourages, keep meeting together because you need what someone else has got. And they need to encourage you this week because you're down this week and I need lifting up and I need a word of encouragement. I need someone who's got some boldnesses and faith to lift me up. And so that's why we meet together. And so we actually bear fruit together as kingdom family. It's very powerful when we understand that there's an anointing in gathering. Consider it pure joy. It's such a weird phrase. I'm not sure if we took a survey whether one of us could honestly put up our hand and say, I've actually considered it pure joy when I face trials. I can't remember a time I actually have, if I'm honest. Like if I think of some trials and things where I've actually said, thank you, Lord, that I'm going through this right now. It seems completely anti-everything, doesn't it? And yet this is what we're told to do. Why? Because there's a power greater than the circumstances we're going through. There's a breakthrough awaiting us in every test. In every trial, there's a breakthrough at the end of it. There is a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train coming head on to us. It's a breakthrough. It's a breakthrough. Sometimes it's a massive breakthrough. Sometimes it's a tiny breakthrough. But if you're facing trials and struggles and maybe even failures right now, you are in a brilliant spot. Brilliant spot because God has a test for us in that place. Now, I won't go as deep as say God sends all the tests, but it says here He uses them. He uses our circumstances to test our faith. Do we have faith to believe for breakthrough? Do we have faith to believe that God is big enough over our debt, our situations, our confusion, our relational breakdowns, our health situation, all the confusion of life, the fears, the anxieties? Is God bigger than those things? Of course He's bigger than those things. Does He want to bring breakthrough in your life? Absolutely. Sometimes the only thing He's waiting for is the catalyst called faith. That little thing that He's given us, it's invisible and I wish we could catch it and bottle it, but we can't. We have to exercise it. We have to exercise it. And in exercising our faith, that invisible belief in this invisible God, this mysterious currency from heaven comes into our being, comes into our circumstances and releases something that you and I haven't, we can't attain any other way other than through faith. 
Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. Don't give up so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. I believe that wisdom is one of the most important gifts that we as believers need for this season of, of humanity right now. Because we need so much wisdom to know what to say and what not to say, how to handle our lives, how to handle our businesses, our families, our conversations, our decisions in life. We need so much wisdom because a lot of things will happen to a certain degree, depending on our decisions. Gone are the days where you can sort of just float through life and float through your career and float through things and and things are generally just going to work out okay. And and if not, then the government will support you anyway and there's enough safety barriers in place. See, these things aren't a given for the future. And we as believers are the head, not the tail. We're not to just rely on just the common denominator to save us from from misery or poverty. We're actually given kingdom strategies to be the head. We're given kingdom strategies to advance society. If you look at Christianity all over the world throughout history, despite our flaws and our failures and our miserable things that we've done over the last thousand years or more, where Christianity has thrived throughout the world, you can also see civilization has prospered. You can see uh, morality has generally had a core and a basis and an understanding and humanity has been blessed because where the gospel goes, despite the enemy's best efforts to bring it down and bring confusion and fear and sin and all that horrible stuff into a depraved human race, God still works. He still chooses to use you and me. I find it interesting, you know, when you look at history and you look at all the trials that humanity has faced, that God is still at work even in our weakness. Even in our weakness, He still wants to use us. And so if you feel weak today, you're in a good place. If you're a failure, you're in a very good place. If you're facing trials, you're in an excellent place because right now, without any spending of money, without any real time or fasting or any of that hard spiritual stuff, you can prove to God that you have faith. And He will look upon your situation and just go, wow, he or she is exercising faith. And He just loves that faith. He loves it. And so we have opportunities all week, all month, all year to gain wisdom. Solomon had more wisdom than anyone else. He also was radically, radically wealthy. Do you think that's a coincidence? I don't think so. I'm not saying everyone has to be wealthy, but with good wisdom comes fruitfulness. Wisdom with our finances. Wisdom with our careers. Wisdom with our investments. Wisdom with our relationships, wisdom with our decisions on key areas and key things. Whenever it comes to a, a really big decision, we will, Karen and I will, obviously we get unity on it sometimes. We'll even ask the kids and, uh, and, and then we'll also go to a couple of other people 
who we trust and, and they love us and we know. And depends on what decision, depends on who we go to. But people who have succeeded, people who are mature, people who are faithful, we'll go to them and we'll ask them a question just to, to, to tip in any insight of wisdom that we might need. And it's a very, very powerful thing when we allow that process of wisdom in many counsel, Proverbs says. And so we actually get counsel on our decisions, on our situation. I'm not saying you have to air your views and take it to everyone. And, you know, we're very cautious about how we do it and what we do. But what I'm saying is there is truth to the fact that there's wisdom in many counsel. If we just run on our own steam all the time, do our own thing, we generally become flighty people or hidden people. And both are wrong. And so we actually find a balance. And this is the part about kingdom family working together. We actually balance each other out, don't you? Have you ever wondered in, if you're married, um, have you ever wondered why God puts such opposite people together? I mean, you, you, you actually couldn't pick more opposite people sometimes to put together in this covenant called marriage to live together, hopefully for the rest of your life, if you can make it. And He, he stuffs you in a house together and you, you produce a family and, and all this stuff. And then you've got to have careers and busyness and all this sort of stuff and expect to, to live together for the rest of your lives if you can stand each other that long. But it's so interesting, isn't it? But if we can go through that together and we realise God actually wants to, us to learn lessons in that. It's not just a fluke. It's not just a mistake because you could ask almost any married couple and they say, we are exact opposites. You could not get more opposite people than Karen and I. She's like a flower, I'm like a stone. And it, I mean, it works if you need a stone in a situation, I'm there. There's many other analogies I could bring, but all the kids are present, so we'll just... They could probably come up and share a lot of them as well. Isn't it interesting that God actually puts us with people that we need that absolutely are opposite to us? And yet so often we get into relationships with people and we only get so far because when we go through the sufferings, there's a bit of perseverance, but we can't handle it. So we give up. We never produce the character that he wanted to develop in us and we never see the hope. We give up. And that's just in relationships. You might look at it in your health. You might look at it in your finances. You might look at it in your mind. You might look at it in your behaviours, your habits, your addictions, your lifestyle, all of this stuff. So often we only get to stage two when he wants us to get to hope. He wants us to get to breakthrough. And I know there's a lot of waivers we could put on that formula. It's not a perfect formula. And there's a whole lot of stuff that happens in life that we cannot solve and help. And it just happens. I'm not putting any condemnation on anyone for any of that. But what I'm saying is God has a solution, even if that stuff hasn't worked. He has a light. He has breakthrough. He has hope, even if you've stuffed up everything else. Thomas Edison said this, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. You laugh because you're probably in that seat, aren't you? And, you know, so are we. Absolutely. 10,000 ways, maybe even more, that just won't work. I often look back even in 
in business, in dealing with certain situations, and I just think, oh my goodness, what a, what a knob, you know? Like, I mean, there's no other word for my, you know, just silly, just silly decisions. And I think, wow, that just wasn't, you know, where did that come from? It came from my character not being fully formed. And sometimes God promotes you before your character's even ready. And so He'll give you opportunities. And so you'll jump. And by jumping, you step out a little bit too far and you trip. But that's okay. That's okay. Because Psalm 37, 23 says that even when we fall headlong, He's got hold of our hand. And so even when we stuff it up, He's always got hold of your hand. So by the grace of God, it doesn't matter how far we stretch, God is always at reach. The kingdom of God is at hand, Matthew says. And so we actually have an available resource in the kingdom of heaven, always ready, always ready. And by the grace of God, it's available right now. If you're going through stuff this morning, God's grace is sufficient for you for whatever you're going through, whatever situation you're facing, His grace is sufficient for you. He has provision. He has resources. I believe He even has hope, even if it's a tough one. He has hope. I remember when the day it looked like we were going to lose our business and had hundreds of employees all buzzing away. They had no clue what was going on. They're all working and, you know, having smoke, drinking their iced coffees and pies and having their fun time. I'm looking down, envying them because they had no idea what was going on up in the boardroom. And I'm there legally fighting out a bit of a, a legal battle for the to keep our company. And I remember walking out on the balcony and we have a balcony in our factory, which overlooks the whole factory and uh, 6,000 square metres of, of factory space. And I remember looking out thinking, wow, is this, is this really it? Is this is what God's given us, this whole thing for a decade of success? And we've poured so much into the kingdom. We've, we, you know what I mean? You pull out your list. You ever pull out your list to God? See, you have one as well. <laughs> I like that. You pull out the good list. I've sponsored 15 kids. I mean, we had 100, 100 sponsor kids at the factory. And then I just went through the list. Lord, we've done this. We've done this. We've been faithful. We believed. I had Bible verses up on, up on the wall, and I've quoted them back to him to remind him that he said he wouldn't let this thing fail. And prophetic words and my own words and then other things, thoughts and feelings and hopes and desires and dreams. And they're all there. You pull them out before the Lord and say, come on, remember this. Do you know what? He does. And even if it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go, which ours didn't, to be honest with you. It didn't go the way. He still, through that crushing, He will produce wine. Somehow, somewhere, someday, and even now, nearly a decade later, we're beginning to see the fruit of some of that. And I'm mentoring other CEOs now, and some of them are going through that same stuff. And I have to not laugh to myself and just go, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm not you. <laughs> it's, the crushing is a horrible feeling, isn't it? It's a devastating feeling. But in that crushing, I promise you, He's producing wine. And maybe you have been through it and you can testify to God's goodness as well. Maybe you're called to help other people when they're being crushed and give them a word of encouragement. Say, come on, it's okay. God's going to get you through. There's hope at the end of this thing. He's got breakthrough waiting for you. He's got good things that you're going to learn out of this. Don't give up at sufferings. 
Don't give up at trials. Don't give up at perseverance. Let Him develop character in you, faith, and all the fruits of the Spirit begin to rise up when we operate in the currency of heaven. And then He produces hope. He releases destiny over our lives and fruitfulness over our lives. And and yes, He gives us a bit of grey hair along the way and a bit of stress and a few wrinkles, but in that is great hope. And so let's finish by reading in Ephesians 4.13 and it says, Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This is God's desire for you and for me, that we would mature, not just always drinking milk all the time, same stuff, you know. Paul says that, why are you still on the basics of salvation and repentance Get on to the deeper things, guys. Get on to the deeper things. And I often read that and I think, well, hang on. I kind of need that shallow stuff all the time. So, you know, when do you actually need the deeper things? Well, we need the deeper things. Where? Until we reach the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of Son of God and become mature. So until we can say that, we still need to be eating of deeper fruit. And those things that actually create maturity. I think one of the greatest ways to have maturity in our faith is to be tested. I'm sorry to end it on that note. I just felt the anointing suck out of the whole building. But most of you know that. You've walked through stuff. You've faced battles and trials and some of you a lot more than I ever have. And you know it's in those times where you've stood and you've remained in Him, and He's remained in you, John 15. And out of that, you can look back now and go, my goodness, if it weren't for that, I wouldn't have a clue what I'm doing. I wouldn't even know who I am. But through that stuff, God does something. He transacts wisdom and maturity that can come no other way. I remember hearing R.T. Kendall, he's about 85 now, great theologian and preacher, 25 years at Westminster Chapel in London and, um, and he preaches this sermon and it's kind of an anti-Holy Spirit gospel sort of sermon because he has a go at everyone and I kind of like those sermons. Every now and then you need a slap around, don't you? You know what I mean? It's not anti-gospel but he's kind of just saying calm down and get real and um, I've listened to it quite a number of times but one of the things he says is he's fascinated by these people all around the world and, and we do this and we love this, who, who in prayer lines will come up to him and say, oh, I want your anointing. And he says, well, you better live my life then. Isn't that an interesting slapback? I mean, well, thank you very much. Where's the love? <laughs> Where's the grace now? You just preached on grace. But there's a reality check in that, isn't there? We always want the quick fix. We all, and we jump from quick fix to quick fix. I want a quick fix. Oh, give me a touch. Give me a prophetic word. Give me this. Oh, let me break through. But we won't go through the process of suffering's perseverance to develop our character, to get mature, to actually grow and see the hope. And so, so many believers, especially spirit-filled believers in charismania circles, will actually jump from conference to conference to conference, speaker, speaker, prophetic person, give me a word, give me a word. Now they're giving words on Facebook and these people aren't even accountable to anyone. Don't ever take a prophetic word from a person over the internet who's not accountable to a great leader. Because these people are just randomites. Who knows how they live their life? Their marriage might be a shambles and you're getting a spirit prophetic word from them. Sorry, I don't want to eat from that tree. But I want to know who, who's speaking into my life. 
But it's this sort of stuff, the feeding of the fringes that makes charismatics look weird and crazy and strange. But that's not who we are. We're actually called to be filled with the Spirit, the Spirit of God who would evidence power and authority and wisdom and counsel and might and all of these things and all the fruits of the Spirit. Not just the crazyisms jumping around all over the place. I know that's none of you, so I can say it safely here. I mean that. I mean that. We've sort of eradicated that mindset from our whole church. I'll be honest with you. But we were definitely in that stream. It's called a revival train. People jump on, people jump off. They get on whatever caboose they want to get on. No accountability, just jumping on, buy a ticket. I'll get a word, I'll get a touch, I'll get zzzz. It doesn't grow anything. It doesn't grow anything. I know that may sound tough, but it's true. If you look across the world at charismatic circles, you'll see it all over the place. Unaccountability, people jumping from fry pan to fry pan. It doesn't produce character. It doesn't produce the fruit because it's all about me. Me, 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 touch me, feel me, touch me, touch me, touch me. I need a zap. I need a this. I need a word. I need a this. this. This is not even living on milk. It's living on dried, powdered milk. Have you ever had that stuff? <laughs> I mean, I can remember my mum dishing up to us on dry, crusty wheat bicks, and we're only allowed half a teaspoon of sugar. Do you ever have rations at home? Half a teaspoon of sugar on dry, crusty Weebix with powdered milk. I mean, talk about persecution. It's tough out there in the manual household. <laughs> I don't even know if they still sell that powdered milk stuff. And I'm sorry, any kids who have ever been put through that. It's, we, Rob and Pam, do have a heart healing process that they can go through at the end of the week because it, it's devastating. It's shocking. It's abuse. Jonah, did you get dished that stuff up at home? No, you didn't. No, no, no. His parents are here and his grandparents are here, so I better be very careful. Where on earth was I going with that? Dry, crusty wheat bags. I'm trying to just go through my thought process there. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? People who, who that, they actually think they're drinking full cream milk, but they're not. We want to be people who are eating meat, <laughs> gospel meat. You know what I mean? We're eating kingdom meat. And I'm a plant-based eater saying that. Kingdom meat, the deep stuff, the real stuff where the little offences don't even worry us anymore. The little crap that goes on in life, we're flying much higher than that. We don't even let it consume our brain because it's a nothing. It's powdered milk. It's like... Pfft. It just blows away. It's not even liquid. It's, it's not real. It's disgusting. But Christians who always want to feed on that same stuff are very shallow, very shallow. God wants us to mature. And we thank the Lord for so often for God giving us so many mature believers because it actually helps, makes life a lot easier. But there's a whole mindset that begins to change and we begin to become the head and not the tail. We begin to realise that He's already filled us with His Spirit. Yes, we want to be go on filled with His Spirit. We need refreshing. We need infilling sometimes. But let me tell you, He's already given you just about everything you're ever going to need. If you and I will use those things that He's already given us, it's phenomenal what we'll achieve. 
I'm always fascinated watching some of the success guru guys. And um, I, I listen to their stuff because I'm interested. I'm fascinated because so often they take kingdom principles from the king and serve them up and sell them to the masses and people buy it in droves, in droves. These are kingdom principles, but they don't call them kingdom principles. But they, they put a nice icing on top and a bit of vanilla and sugar and spice and their own little thing and they sell it up and it produces fruit. Why? Because they're kingdom things. Like what you sow, you will reap. Simple one. In other words, if you are a generous person, you are going to be generous in return. You, people are going to be generous with you. If you are a positive person, you're going to grow positivity around you. If you are a faithful person, you're going to produce greater things. You're going to build. If you invest in the right areas, like the parable of the talents, you're actually going to multiply your investment. These are biblical things. They're not super guru finance things. They're kingdom things. But the enemy's stolen a lot of these things and people sell it up. You have everything you need to become an incredibly successful, healthy, vibrant, amazing, positive person to make an incredible impact for the kingdom of God at your hands right now. Right now. You don't need anything else. You don't need anything else. And I'm not saying we don't want to go for more and ask the Lord for pouring of His Spirit and all that sort of stuff. Of course we want all that. But all of that comes alongside of us being activated and actually activating the Word of God that says, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's His desire for you and me, that we would attain the whole measure and the fullness of Christ. That's a big measure. I don't know about you, but that's, that's a big thing to live up to. So what I want to do today, I want to ever understand, and I want to just pray and decree over us and speak life over us. And if you're, if you're wanting that, I want to encourage you that it really begins now. It really begins now. What do you want? What do you really want? And some people say, oh, I want to, like I've often said, oh, I want to be fit. I want to be fit. You know, when I'm hitting my mid-age and old age, I want to be fit. Well, do you know what? It's taken a decade of actually running more than I've ever run in my whole entire life to get there. And it takes something. And it's the same in the kingdom of God. Now, you don't have to whip yourself and beat yourself and do all that sort of stuff. But actually, God will take you at your word. Do you really want it? Do you really want His presence? Do you really want fruitfulness? Do you really want great relationships? Then His kingdom is at your hands. You have to do something with it. You have to do something with it. Activate the kingdom. Activate the kingdom in your life. Even this afternoon, maybe write some things down. Okay, I've been living in negativity. I've been talking rubbish. I'm not going to do that anymore. And absolutely hold yourself to account. And if you can't and you're a man, tell your wife and she will. (laughs) Tell anyone. Tell anyone you can. Get them to hold you to account. That's spurring one another on, isn't it? encouraging one another and it produces something that you can't produce on your own because I absolutely am not just believe but I know that God's plan for each one of you and for me is for greater fruitfulness for the kingdom of God not lack but abundance not the tail but the head but sometimes we need that character injection so what I want to pray for today is for His presence to immerse our character. Because so often we 
we stop at just that, that saving touch that just gets us out of this drama. But He wants to take us through the character process. And if we can be filled with the Spirit in the character process, then I believe we can break open things that are never broken open. So if you want that, just raise your hands, close your eyes.